You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Special guests and off topics in this segment. Anything goes. You are listening to 3 p.m. What up, y'all? This is a 3 a.m. podcast, but we're doing a special 3 p.m. episode with our homie Spooky Bands. My name is Charlie. My name is DJ. And with us on Skype, we have... Hey, what up? It's Spooky Bands, y'all, from L.A., Los Angeles, Hollywood. (laughs) (laughs) Ganging out here. I'm just kidding. Not ganging, but West Coast out here. (laughs) Dope. So what's up, man? How you doing? What's up, bro? You know, I'm just, just working my butt off. Trying to stay Corona free. Um, Hell yeah! Have a music video coming up this weekend. I'm gonna shoot. Just, just working, man. Just being a creator in LA in this time and trying to keep it going. Just having a good time. Beautiful. Uh, if you are a listener of the Three AM podcast, you might recognize Spooky Band stories or yep. uh, or us shouting him out before because he shared some previously through me as Sal. And I thought they were good, right? I mean. Dude, they were dope. I, I loved them. I loved all of them. I, I felt loved how you like, guys read them. It was awesome. Yeah, there's, I mean. You were getting over, freaked out, DJ. I remember you were getting freaked out. I remember yeah, for a o- fact. Over time, sharing scary stories, like our tolerance for what's scary has has grown. But every once in a while, somebody will share one where it'll actually scare me. And when Charles shared yours, especially the one in the like the football field, yeah, that one, the second one. That yeah. one, yeah, that one got me. That was terrifying. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, if you don't, if you haven't heard that episode, go back. I have no idea what number that is. I think that's a Patreon episode. Well, no, like that. That story is a Patreon story. But I told his one. Remember when they were chilling in the in the house in the mansion in the, the thing mansion. lifts? Yeah. How many yeah. How many episodes do you guys have? I feel like it had a nine in it. It was like thirty nine, twenty nine. I think we're sitting I at sixty four, sixty three right now. It was the one with cicadas in the title. Cicadas. Oh, okay. There you go. So if you want to hear uh, Spooky's old stories, go back to episode Cicada. But anyway. Hopefully I can top him. Hopefully I can top him, but we'll see. Yeah. Uh, Spooky, tell us about yourself. Yes. Who are you? Okay. So I am, I'm a little farm boy that grew up on the East Coast. Um, 
I have a kind of complicated family background and from like a very young age, uh, I've just been super into the paranormal. For me, like, I don't know if you were little and you watch like movies or read books and like magical stuff happens, like Harry Potter for like a vague example when like you're walking outside and you're like, I hope a wizard comes and tells me I'm a wizard and like takes me to Hogwarts. You know, like when you're a little kid, like you just hope something is more in this world than what is in 100%. front of you. Yeah. Um, so I just saw as a young, from a young age, I saw horror and paranormal stuff as like that medium, like that. Cause like, I'm not going to get taken by a wizard, but maybe an alien will come or maybe <laughs> I'll see a ghost. You know what I mean? So like from a very young age, I was super adapted to that stuff. And then like, Growing up, my dad would always put on scary stuff on the TV and he would just like, act, he would put it on it like, so like he'd put it on at like 10 at night and then like, he'd like go outside for a walk, like in the middle of the street. He'd be like, all right, Damn. I'm going out for a walk. And I, I'd be sitting there like terrified. So like from a very young age, I always was like, I have to be like my dad. So I would just like watch scary movies to try to get my like, for me, it was like a, um, it was like a workout, like to see if you can get through it. <laughs> As a young kid, um, Hell yeah. so trying to watch scary stuff and then just like be okay and accepting of it. And then as I grew up, like spooky bands became my whole persona. So like I always liked to be something that was a little different and dark, but in a way where you could like, it like triggered some serotonin or something in you. Like Ooh. that excitement and that fantasy um, of the whole genre itself. So like being on a show like this and just trying to express it, like that's... Who I am from the from the bottom of my heart as a person, and that's what I'm here to show to y'all listeners and everybody. Like, hell yeah, the yeah. scary stuff can be real life. You can you could you could live it. <laughs> so how did how did spooky bands come about? Like, when did that start? Uh, what was the evolution of that? You know what I mean? Um, well, first the first part of the name comes from a young age. If, I don't know if you ever seen the X Files. Hell yeah, brother. So Spooky Mulder, like my parents used to watch that growing up. Like that was like how parents nowadays would watch like Game of Thrones. Like back then that was their show like that. And so like even from a young age, I remember I would go to like libraries and stuff and just call myself Spooky. Like I would like if they asked me what my name was at a restaurant or something, I'd say Spooky. Um, <laughs> just because like yeah, my, name, my, my full name is Salvatore Siciliano, like a super, Ooh. super Italian name. And like as a kid, I hated it. Unfortunately, yeah. like as much as I love it now, like as a kid, I just wanted to be named like Mike or something like something easy. Yeah, like something cool. Like because I, I see I the feel. cool kids in class. None of the cool kids in class had like a super foreign name, which now I feel like dumb thinking. But back in so back in the day, you know, like going to introduce myself to new people, I'd like see how long I could get them to call me spooky and stuff like that. <laughs> and then um, in college. It's really stupid how this name came out. Now that I'm thinking about it, it's <laughs> this this girl in college called. I, she knew I went by Spooky, and she called me Spooky Man because I would ghost her all the time, and she really liked me. <laughs> that's I, hands down. That's how the name came up. So I started calling myself Spooky Man, like a superhero, like some like when I was making music because I've been making music for like ten years. So I started calling myself Spooky Man because some girl called me, and I thought it was cool. And then I went on some some social media and I tried to get the handle like spooky man and it was taken. And so I was just like, what rhymes with man? And I was like, bands. And it's like, bands getting money. So I was like, all right, spooky bands. Like we're, we're the spooky, <laughs> yeah, we're dude. the spooky currency of the world out here. Hell yeah, dude. The Genesis, man. The Genesis, bro. <laughs> I love hearing that. It's just, um, 
it's just how I am now. And now out here, it's it's Hollywood. Everybody's weird out here. So everybody <laughs> calls me Spooky, no problem. And it's just, I, I love my real name. I love that name. Um, I love everything scary. Like, I'll wake up at 7 a.m. and brush my teeth to a scary podcast or something. Like, I can't, <laughs> I can't get enough of this. So, like, I'm just so excited to be on a scary podcast for the first. It's crazy. It's crazy how I found you guys. It's crazy how this came about. Dude, uh, I'm like... I'm a little starstruck right now. Oh, yeah. Just why? 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 Talk. I don't know. It's just I you like listening to the podcast. You know, I've been huge into music, so I'm I'm like I'm just I just admire anybody who pursues any of their passions, but especially in the the music lane, when someone's like actually doing it, right? It's it's cool because a lot of people talk about it. You know. Oh, so but, many musicians nowadays, man. Yeah, you know. but no, like not too many people get to the point where they're actually doing it. So how did you decide that music was your thing? So when I was like first starting college, I did all my college and everything. I grew up in Connecticut on the East Coast and I went to college there. And one thing led to another and I was in college, super broke. And some kid I went to high school with messaged me on Facebook and he was like trying to be my friend and everything. And he ended up telling me he had a job for me and stuff. And I thought it sounded really cool. Then I remember I had my dad like drive me over to his house or this building or some school or something to um, go talk to this kid. Cause I was really broke at the time. And I was like looking for a direction. Like I didn't have a major in college or anything like that. And I, I liked music. I had been like doing some freestyles and rap battles with like kids on the school bus forever. Like I always, yeah. I've always been into like I've always been into like musicians that just like can like shock people with like their hip hop. Like I've always been like into, who, like, like like Eminem and the the dude from Lincoln Park, R.I.P. Chester Bennington. Like just like just <laughs> like sure. you know Flowbots that handlebar song. Like I can ride my bike with no handlebars. You know that's like just guys just guys that can like twist the tongue up and like make people go crazy. Like now I guess you'd say it was Macklemore and stuff. But anyway, so. I'd always been into that, but this kid invited me to his college for what he said was a job and it ended up being a pyramid scheme. <laughs> and like, I don't know what it was. Like everybody experiences some kind of multi-level marketing job. Dude, those high school friends, they'll get you, dude. They Oh, oh my God. Yeah, dude, they hit you up out of the blue. Like they're like, want to be friends with you and they bring you into some crazy sh shindig they got going on. <laughs> Bro, that's like us with the podcast, low-key. We're like hitting up all our old friends being like, hey, uh, can you like and <laughs> yeah, subscribe you our podcast, please? <laughs> so, yeah, I feel you. Yeah, so they, they don't lose money. They just lose integrity. You yeah. Know? <laughs> right, right. But, I, I mean, it was like – it was, but, and, and it would have been cool if it was like something like that. But this was like one of those pyramid schemes where it was like – it was like the one with like protein shakes and stuff. So it was like the worst of the worst type of period. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, so yeah. anyways, I don't know what it was, but I went, my dad drove me and on the way back, I just like flipped out in his car. Like I was like, I don't want a job in life. Like I don't want a career. I don't want, I just want to make music. I don't know why I said it. Like I was just frustrated at being in like that meeting with the pyramid scheme. And I was just like, I said it to him and he's like, he's like a super Boston, like Italian guy. And he just like looked over at me in the car, like having my little like temper tantrum, like, I don't want a real job. Like I want to create like, and he's just like, we'll do it. And he just Ooh. like, for, <laughs> for Christmas that year, he bought me like a microphone and like a speaker system. And like, he's like, do it then. Like, why are you, why are Damn. you, why are you screaming about it in the car type thing? Yeah. Um, and like, that's been a driving force for me 
from the jump is like him doing that for me. I like, I know it's like people like us, like creators and stuff. If somebody like really supports you off the jump when you first start and somebody's like, do it, you can do it. You have that in you. You can like make that happen. Um, it keeps you going for years. Yeah, yeah, for sure. We can chalk up a lot of our like drive to, I mean, a handful of people who like heard us and then people like you who were like, no, you guys have something like keep going. So yeah, we understand the value of someone just believing in you. You know what I mean? That's why it's so cool to me that we're doing like a podcast together right now. It's like a feature for me. It's like, it's like two, like, it's like two, like creators getting in their stride, like starting out, like, link, yeah, like collab work. It's this is a, this a whole, this a whole multi-branding collab right now. We're, we're starting our yeah, own dude. pyramid scheme for all these people. For sure. And like the watching you and watching your progression as an artist, you can tell you have really dialed in vision. At least that's what it comes off to me. Like every time you have a new drop, it seems so organized and there's so many different facets of it. Like the whole orange drop, I was so impressed with, you know what I mean? Thank you. And then the song comes out and it's actually a banger. And I was like, damn, (laughs) like this goes. Yeah. So Uh, I've told y'all, I've told y'all, I've I've told y'all what I thought of your podcast from the jump. Like, what did y'all think about me from the jump? Like finding y'all. So, I mean, I'm sure you're kind of used to this, but anytime a new person like asked how, like asks you to kind of like rate their stuff. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's always like, Oh, I don't want to because like (laughs) a lot of the times it's like, so, so, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. You have like not a, you don't have an answer. They're going to like, like, yeah. Um, so with you and the jump, like I knew you had good stories. We had talked a ton, just like DMing back and forth. So I knew like you were like a cool dude or like someone who, uh, I could like chill with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And then listening to your music, I was like, oh, shit, like homeboy could actually rap and like the beats are super good. I don't know who like I don't know where you get your beats or whatever, but this all your guy, production this guy is right super- next to me, the guy, the guy helping me record up? the podcast. That's, We're still that's producing. awesome. My God, like DJ, DJ makes beats. Yeah, he makes, I, he makes all of your guys beats like the intro music and stuff, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And I grew up making music. I grew up. I rapped for like two years, you know what I'm saying? So I know what goes into it. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be a hundred percent honest with you. The thought that like has crossed my mind a couple of times is like, I don't understand why you're not blown in a way where like, I feel like you could be, do you know what I'm saying? I'm not saying you're like small time or anything, but I, but I feel like, I don't know. Your music is super relatable. I could see a huge group of people like, it touching them in a way and like speaking to them in a, in a special way. I don't know. And I think that going off of what Charles was saying, like you've defined your scope of what you want your brand to be as spooky bands, you know? Right. So I think because you and like you enjoy what you're doing, anytime somebody's vibing with their own work, Mm -hmm. like people are going to latch on to that vibe. Right. Um, Like it comes through. You could tell you actually are into what you're doing. And that comes through and that's attracted to people like before the music that itself just sells itself. Like people see that, that imagery coming from you mm-hmm. and they're like, Oh, I can get with that. Just like how Charles was saying, like we talked to you before you even knew your music and we're like, we can get with this dude. Yeah. But, uh, didn't, the I, music didn't I just, didn't I just reach out to you guys on DMS? Like I got a story for you or like, cause I think that's what it, I like mentioned y'all in my Instagram story. And then like right off the jump, I was like, by the way, I got mean stories y'all. <laughs> <laughs> I, I saw that. Yeah. You were, I think you were like on a way to a construction site and you're like, you know, playing 3am in the car. And I was like, what the f-? Like people play, people listen to us in real life. Like what the f- like, is Like everyday happening? life. We just, like, 
Yeah. And so, and then, and then I saw that DM where you were like, bro, I got stories and how it works is we all have access to the IG. Right. So like I saw that and immediately text the two, the two Sean and DJ. And I was like, like, that's mine. Like stay away. Yeah. We all claim stories. <laughs> we all claim stories. And Charles has been taking your stories like every single time. So yeah. this is my, hor- this is my horse guys. This is my horse. <laughs> but uh, so talking about your career, like you decide you're going to be a rapper uh, or at least you want to make music. Your dad buys you a mic, buys you speakers. That's such a dope move. First of all, I just want to say like, shout I, out your dad. Right. Shout out. Shout out Johnny boy. John, John yeah. from the North end of Boston. Shout him out. He's a, he's a trooper. He used to be in a metal band in Boston, like downtown Boston. He used to like, you know how rappers like spray the water on people. Like, yeah. At a show. He was doing that in like the freaking eighties, man. He started Hell that. Yeah. Like he, he was an OG. So like, I think, I think like a part of it, which made it even more awesome to me and like made me want to keep going more is because like, I saw it like, okay, so he's like passing the torch kind of because he did this before. You got he, a legacy. Yeah. He did this before he set, decided to settle down and have me. And so now yeah. he's like, you do the music now, bro, brother. Like, so like, it just pushes me, man. It's a really awesome way to start a career. I, I saw it and I was like, I can't, I can't drop this now. So how quick after you start making music on the East Coast, uh, how do you find yourself in LA? Like what happened there? So I had, okay, so I could get into some kind of complicated family shit. So my, um, my mom grew up in a religious commune. Yep. Um, and they were based in Los Angeles in the 60s, 70s. And so I have a ton of family out here that my mom basically moved to the East Coast to get away from. Oh, okay. She left the she left the commune earlier than everybody else. She was like one of the first people to leave. Um, I don't even know if they'll like me talking about it, but it was it was like it was pretty much like a commune where they were going to they were they were right after like all the big communes of the 60s and they wanted yep. to be like that but they were like just like drinking too much and just like getting too messed up which they all do you know all cults you hear there's there's some drug abuse there at least from somebody in it you know like that that's that's tied to cults a lot especially in the 60s in LA like right you- right yeah like the whole hippie movement they just kind of like abused it in a way you know okay so yep. That was like the way I like to describe it to people that ask me about it, like the the people I tell about it is like they like took the whole cult category, like they took the whole cult like vibe and just like abused it. They just went crazy, like just because they could say they're a quote unquote cult. Like we're going to drink, we're going to marry multiple people in the family. So anyway, so my grandma was like my mom was like three when her grandma, when my grandma, her mom joined it. And she got married to like five guys. So I have like 20 uncles, (laughs) like 20 uncles, 20 aunts. Don't know how they're related to me, but they're all based. You you sound Polynesian, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Hella aunts and uncles. Ohana. (laughs) I, I wish, I wish, I wish, bro, because I hear about that culture from you guys on the podcast. And I, I I wish I could tell you they were like that, but. (laughs) <laughs> it's more it was more like the firefly family and house of a thousand corpses just oh got you in in a bigger quantity it was like just like a bunch of those type of people like it was just it was like super redneck like a lot of drinking like if the kid if a kid like ate too much at dinner or something they'd like lock him in the barn for the night or something you know like just like really like every like 
every like cliche you could think about of like a big redneck, like up in New York, like Appalachian type of like, you know, that type of vibe. Like everything you see in these movies and stuff about this crazy community out in the middle, like that was them, except they were in Hollywood. So it was a little different. And so. So it wasn't the most positive environment. No, no, not at all. So my mom left it really early when she met my dad because like, they had stakes in all the different cities. They had a stake in Boston. So my mom was there for a small period of time and my dad kind of like fell for her. And he was like, nah, we're getting you out of here. Like, this is toxic. We're going to pull you out of here, move to Connecticut, have some kids. And so like, I didn't find out about any of this until I was 18. My mom kept it a secret. The whole time. How did you find out? Like, did did you discover something or she sit you down and be like, yo. And what was your reaction too? So the, um, the people that were in the cult that were like closest to my mom and I'm really close to my grandmother that was in it. So like the people that stayed close to like the people in the cult that broke off, like kind of like when they did leave, they kept a little like normal family lineage each. Mm. So I have, I have people that were in the cult with my mom that I treat as normal family, like get together on Thanksgiving, get together on Christmas. So I always knew there was something going on because I had way too many relatives <laughs> to be a normal family. And like, there were some we couldn't talk about. Like, so I knew I had a, I had a gist that something was going on, but there was this one Thanksgiving when I was 18 and I was finally allowed to like stay up late and have a couple drinks and hang out with the adults. And I heard them talking about something outside and I just kind of like went out and stood with them. And one of my aunts just like came up to me and she's like, okay, we have to tell him. Literally, like that's how it happened. Like they were like, we, we can tell him now. Cause I always had a vibe that like my mom's side of the family was a little out Something's there, like up. a little sus, like something going on. But like, literally, I can't even explain to you being 18, just like out there. And they're like, we should tell him. Bro, that shit would rock your world. That's life bro. shattering. Yeah, it's like, what is happening? Luckily, I'd only been drinking for a year and I had had a couple cups of whiskey. So I was like, I was like, the paranormal side of my brain was, I was like, yeah, tell me, like, let's go. What's going on? And so. (laughs) You were receptive. You're open for it. (laughs) Right. So they told me all this stuff. But then the part that they didn't tell me is that this family is still going out here. And they've been building houses and stuff. They have a whole construction, like, company, like, like, for 30 years. Like, they've built half of, like, L.A., essentially, at this point. So like, what it's a whole f- thing. And like the elders are still alive, some of them, but like, so pretty much what I didn't realize that they, that I didn't really couldn't pick up is that like, when my mom would leave, cause she wanted to go, at first she wanted to be an actor. She went to New York to be an actor. Then she wanted to be a teacher. She went to Boston. She just kept trying to leave. What yeah. I didn't know is that they kidnapped her when she left. <laughs> like her, and, and it's not like some guy kidnaps you. It's like your brother comes from the cult, puts you over his shoulder, puts you on a plane and brings you back. You're coming home. You're, you're coming back to the family. And the other thing that I didn't realize is that when my mom left, say like early 90s, and then she had me in 96, but for the early part after she left, so like from 90 until I was born until 96, she was like in a really bad place because she thought that the world was going to end and that only the cult would survive and that she was screwed because she left. So 
it was this whole thing that I didn't even realize was going on walking around as a toddler. There was like a whole thing going on. Like the whole cult like was disbanding and people were leaving and the leaders were dying and people were kidnapping each other. It was like a whole thing that I wasn't even like in tune with, man. You're like in the middle of it. You have no idea all this is going on. And like it like sparked that side of my brain when I was little, like. I always wanted something crazy to happen in my life, like in the movies. And I was like, wow, I'm 18, just finding out my mother was in like a crazy religious cult. Like I'm like, <laughs> I have to be spooky bands now, man. Like I have to For like sure. do something crazy. Like this is it's too like, much. Like That's I, crazy, bro. It's like you're yeah. a wizard, Harry, but in yeah. this case, it's, <laughs> it's you got your letter from an owl, but it just like is not an owl. You're, and it's not Hogwarts. You're in a cult, spooky. <laughs> you're, you're a cultist, Harry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bro, that is that is by far one of the most unique like origin stories I've heard is like from creators and my friends and stuff like that. Bro, might take the cake for origin stories for uh, our episode so far. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, so going back to your question, which started all this because I had to give you a backstory. Going back to your question, why I came out to L.A. is to find those fools. I came out here to find that cult. Like I came out <laughs> here, I came out here to meet those people and experience it because my mom kept me so isolated from it on the East Coast. And you gotta see like, for yourself. And I was like, Hollywood's beautiful. I might as well come out here, pursue this music I've been doing the last couple years, live in a nice place, and then get a job and intermingle with these people that have been, that have known about me for 20 years. And I just found out about like four years ago. I'm 24 now. I just found out about y'all when I was like 18. I might yeah. as well come out here and, you know, and I've gotten along with a lot of them. like. It's not like how it was. Like a lot of people are out of it. A lot of people are older, but they're they're genuine people, and we have a familial bond, even though I don't know how we are related, what bloodline yeah. went where. But it's really cool. Like it's like it's like Harry Potter going back. I'm gonna use Harry Potter all night. It's like finding out about this hidden family you never knew about and everybody kept from you, and you come out here and you're like, <laughs> I'm gonna twist this the way I wanted to. I'm in no way gonna be a cult person. I've been told by female compadres in my life that I have that Manson-esque music vibe when I'm around people, but <laughs> That's all we're going to, hear, we're going right? to, we're going to keep that in the back of the brain. We're going to try yeah. to, <laughs> we're going to come out here and just discover things every day. And that's like, that's part of the reason I came out here. And it's just like, since then, it's just like, everything they say is true. Like it is pretty fake out here and plastic in a lot of ways, but like I can go to a bar and I'll meet like, four or five people and exchange numbers with people that make music and coming oh, from yeah. coming so from that, that network. network. Yeah. And coming from Connecticut where it's like, you're like that dude that makes music. Like you're like B rabbit in eight mile. If you make music, <laughs> like coming from that out here where everybody's like, Oh, you, you're wearing a, like you're wearing this certain type of t-shirt. Do you rap? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, man, I do actually. And it's like, Oh, give me your number. Let's make a beat or something. It's just like, it's so nice out here to like feel that coming from like, Connecticut and colleges in Connecticut and just like feeling kind of isolated by that and coming out here and being like, not only do you have a cult family members out here, but also everybody like wants to hear, family. everybody will hear your music. Yeah. So it's just like, it was a no brainer for me. Yeah. One thing I noticed while I was in LA, like when I started spending more time there and trying to pull my feelers out of, you know, what it's like being there as a creator, like the ground is just more fertile. Right. Like, things can grow a lot easier. I mean, there's a lot to go around. There's a lot of like, it's the entertainment capital of the world. 
Yeah. Um, but people are listening. People are looking. People are trying to build. Uh, all the dreamers are there. So that makes sense. I love people that are creators because like you can become friends with somebody so much sooner if you're both creators and relate on a creative level. Like, whereas, whereas if you guys didn't have that in common, it might, might take you a couple times seeing each other to become friends. Like if you two vibe on music and you just met each other at a bar and you play him your song in your iPhone in his ear and he likes it, like you guys can become like homies that night. Whereas like yep. back home, I'll run into people. I'll, I'll, I'll see the same guy at a party six times before I'm, I'm friends with him or something, you know? Or like, but like out here, it's like if people, like people are kind of like, it's like drifting in the ocean and like you're clinging to people you find like, coming by your way like for shelter like you're just like you uh, we vibe like come here like we're gonna we're gonna do it together out here because like everybody wants to make it out here so like people are just like so quick to band up to try to like get to the top like so i just like that mentality that That makes sense sense. no i feel that that makes sense uh okay so i have a confession sean's not here but we were planning on watching mom oh so we're going to do it right when he gets home. But can you kind of like tell us, tell the listeners what that project was, how that came about? And like it seemed, I mean, from the outside, it seems like that's like a huge break or like uh, a huge thing in, in your career. I don't know. It's been my biggest break so far, honestly. Like it's brought a ton. So so pretty much for people that don't know, Mom is an indie movie um, that came out right pretty much right when COVID happened, like March yeah. 13th, it came out. And it's an indie movie. It's a found footage Blair Witch Project style film where this mother um, thinks her son is a psychopath and thinks he's going to do something violent or shoot up his school. She's finding like blueprints in the house. She's like she's seeing this weird behavior like he's killing rats and stuff like pet rats. And so So like Sean, (laughs) I'm just kidding. (laughs) And so she (laughs) exactly like it. No. So um she's putting up like hidden cameras and stuff throughout the film and talking to the camera. And then you start to find out that like she has stuff that happened to her in her past. I won't give it away, but she has some psychopathic stuff that happened as a kid. And so the whole movie is like a kind of psychological slow burn. Like um, who's crazy? Is he really crazy? Is her son really this type of kid? that we hear about in the media nowadays is this kid really violent or she projecting or right right is she projecting is she worried about this so much to the point where he is becoming that you know because that's how kids kind of are sometimes yeah so i thought it was a really cool concept and it was it it, it was it was created by one of my quote-unquote aunts from the from the family we we all share um but i've known her from a very young age and she is amazing. She's been in she's been in the film industry out here forever, like as a camera person, a produ- producer, a writer, all kinds of stuff. And this was like her first real movie. And she like really wow. she worked on it for years. She wrote it for years. And she, I had just started making music around the time I'm 24 now. When I was like 20 or so, like two years into making music, she approached me with this with this movie. She want just just as somebody to like as a young person just to like relate to it, see see what I thought thought, and then so we were talking about it, chopping it up for 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 a couple months, and I guess she heard one of my songs on SoundCloud or whatever I was uploading on back then, and it was like kind of dark. It was pretty pretty psychopathic, like the song because I was in like. I don't know. I was like 19, 20. I was, I was making, I was experimenting with all kinds of music. I was making like super dark stuff at that time, 
What did I call myself, Ryan? I called myself like purple stained sword or yeah. something yeah. like something Ooh. like, and I was, just ma- I was just making like psychopathic, like trapped in a headlock, like slipknot hip hop, like crazy stuff. And so I guess she came across one on the internet and she was like, she was like, so we're looking for music for this movie. I was, I've been telling you about, and we played this song for the kid playing the school shooter, crazy kid in the movie. And he like, really connected to the song and like it helped him like feel his character in between scenes like he was listening to it she's like do you have more music like this and i'm like yeah i have a ton i'm really messed up in the head right now i have a bunch (laughs) of music like this i have a bunch of music like this and so i sent her like 10 tracks and she's just like we're using all of these this is the whole soundtrack and so like throughout the movie not to give it away but like throughout the movie when this kid is being filmed by his mom he's listening to my music and he's locking himself. He likes he'll slam the door on his mom, and you'll hear my song start bumping behind the door or something. And it was like it's so relatable to the time. It's like nothing like the music I would make now. But listening to it, I'm like, oh my god, it fits so well. It's so crazy. And like I'm talking about the. Uh, it's like you can tell. It's like the songs. You could. T- it sounds like they're made for the movie. And then at the end of the movie, they wanted like a positive message about like mental health and school shootings and all this stuff. And they were like, make a song now. And it was like two years later into production. And so I made this crazy song called Won't Stop. And it was like really politically charged and like really well produced. I went to a studio. I wrote it with my dad. Like we like, it it really became a whole thing once the movie, once she's like, we're using all your music and this is going on. She's like, will you make a song for it? I'm like, hell yeah. Like we'll make this crazy song. And so like we made this crazy song and then for a year or two, they were they were pitching the movie to investors. Stuff was really, it's an independent movie, so it was kind of slow. So I was like, I, I was so hyped about it at the time. And then it kind of like died down a little bit. And then I was getting more excited. And then she was burning put trailers up and my songs were in it like about a couple months ago. And then it came out in March, 2020. And overnight, I got like 20,000 listens on one song. And it was like, it was like, it was like the crappiest song, in my opinion, I made so long ago, like hearing it now, I'm like, oh, that song sucks. And I go on like YouTube to the song, like, cause they put it out as the soundtrack to the movie and they put me in the credits. But so I look on YouTube in the comments and there's like people in Russia, they're like, I looked for this song for three days after I saw the movie, like this song is crazy. Like I put this movie on in the background and I heard this song and like, who is this? Like, oh my goodness. And then I looked at like the political song I made for the end of the movie and like people were having like political arguments. It, like they're like, I'm from Australia and this is our policies on guns. And like then other people were arguing, like I was like, oh my God, this is so crazy. And then like people started finding me on Instagram and messaging me about the movie and like actually listening to stuff that I was still putting out. And I was like, wow, that worked so well. And I did that so long ago and I made those songs when I was like 19 and here I am 23 seeing the movie come out and people are like, this song is so crazy. And I'm like, thanks, I don't remember freaking making it, man. Like, I don't remember what I was on back then, but like, it was like, it's a horror movie with my music in it and I'm spooky bands. I'm like, this is a dream come true. And it came, it came so long and like, it, it's just, I, I, I'm i always grateful and it was a big, it was it, like for most people, it wouldn't seem like a big step, but for me at, at this level, like obviously you guys can relate to this as a creator. It's like huge. It feels huge. Yeah. After you spend so long, like trying to stay up 
and be consistent with that. Uh-huh. And you finally catch a break. After so many times, you like question, like, why can't we catch a break? You know, like, why can't this or or that happen? And it's just uh, being consistent with it. And it, I, I swear, it, it pays off. I believe that you can, you can like control your luck almost. Yeah. If you put yourself in the right place at the right time, more and more, then you're going to get more lucky. You know. So uh, watching that and seeing how your work is paying off and is creating ripples in places of the world and in conversations that you didn't think that you weren't trying to make that conversation. Like you didn't make that, that song or, being like, yo, I'm, I'm trying to like uh, influence some Russian kids, you know? Yeah, yeah. No, no. I was just like, I'm mad. I made this freaking everything like that. No, it was like, it was like those songs. Like you hear kids make, like it was like nothing, dude. Like to me, yeah. I'm like, what was that, man? No, we can definitely relate. It's like, you make it and you put it out and you're just like, whatever, like if something happens, it happens. But then you see, like DJ said, the effects of the ripples that go out and you're like, like, like you hitting us up. I was like, this is crazy. Some kid in LA listens to our pot. So no, we definitely relate to that. Um, I think you can get mom on Amazon, right? Amazon prime. It's on Amazon prime and something called like Tubu or Voodoo or something, but Amazon okay. Prime, it was the number one indie movie on Amazon Prime for like two months in a row after it came yeah. out. Um, so wow. we're promising you a second Sean gets home, we're having a movie night and we're all going to watch it, dude. Dude, yeah. please. And we should, oh, I want to I want to talk about it. We got to talk about it after. Cool. Yeah, we'll link up again and, and chat about it. Oh my gosh. Um, <laughs> what was I? One more thing about it that was crazy. Um, I had a producer, like a really well-known producer reach out to me. Um, he was like Lil Wayne's producer from back in the day. Damn, Tunchi. He did, I, I don't want to get too much into the business side of it, but like it was like a big deal for me. And I got him on the phone and I told him what my SoundCloud or my Spotify was. And he goes on and he's like, I really like this mom movie stuff. And I'm like, thanks, man. Like, that was for a movie. And he's like, what movie? And I'm like, mom. It says it right there. But anyway, so I'm like, for the mom movie. And he's like, oh, snap. I watched that with my girlfriend, like, last night. So, like, just that for me, I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is such a big break, man. Like, this guy's seen it, and he's trying to top it up about music. And I'm like, he's already seen my work without even realizing it. Like, that makes me look so much bigger than I am. Yeah, I feel <laughs> That's dope. That's, that's super so dope. sick. Just those synchronicities too. It's like, it's crazy that he watched it. Then he's reaching out to you. And it's like, it almost feels like it's meant to be. You know what I mean? Hey man, enough about me, man. Let's, let's, I want to scare you guys. Let's scare you guys. What do you think? All right. Uh, okay. So maybe what I kind of want to do is you listen to me tell your stories. So I want, I, I want you to like, did I, I don't know, correct me or like maybe enlighten us. Like what was that like experiencing that? firsthand you know what i mean which one so let's start with um the one where you are in that house that's like oh. the person had built the staircase okay so the first memory of me of this is messed up was me being brutally awakened by my girlfriend at the time at 3 a.m literally around ah. 3 a.m shaking me awake just just shaking me and i was startled i'm like what's going on She's like, someone's upstairs. Someone's upstairs. And I'm freaking out because I'm new to this city. I just moved here. And I'm, I'm staying in a house. So I'm staying in this big mansion that a friend of the family I know let me rent out. 
and it has like the main house up above and then you're off the side of a cliff and I'm in this little guest room in the back and like she hears somebody above us breaking in and I'm freaking out, man. And I go up there and there's no one there. And like, I heard someone there. Like I heard, like I can't even, the, the only, the way I can just explain that story to you, the boast is like, people say like, Oh, if there's a ghost and you hear a noise in your house, it's probably the house creaking or like it's a pipe or like a door is loose or something. It's like, no, I was in a multi-leveled house. There was an upstairs to this house I was not in. I should not be hearing these noises. If it was a pipe creaking, I would not hear this noise. I'm in a separate part of the house. And I heard drawers opening, stuff sliding across the floor, stuff slamming, footsteps. To me, it sounded like someone was trying to rush to the airport at 3 a.m. Like they forgot a flight. It sounded like someone was packing up the house upstairs. And like, I could not explain that for the life of me. And I went up there with a knife in my hand, so terrified. And it was empty. <laughs> Every door was closed. Everything was closed. Nothing was like unsettled. And it was just like, I could have sworn a tornado came through that house. Like that. So for me, that whole, like that whole story and like, People can go back and to listen to it, but I don't want to give it away too much. But the, that was my first real ghost experience. Like that was my first experience where things moved around in a house and like I couldn't explain it. And then the next night after I heard all the things, I saw it. I saw the ghost pick up a Glade glass candle off a dresser and throw it. I saw it float up in the air with people in the room and it just like got chucked onto the floor and everybody was silent. Everybody went home. Everybody was freaked out. And like, for me, it's like a ghost experience like that, where you have an experience where you hear something and you're, you, it's in your mind and you're thinking about it and you're bringing that energy into the world. And then the very next night, this ghost is like, I'm still here, by the way, you've been thinking about me. And it throws something. I'm like, man, like, for me, that was like the first time in my life, I'm like, they're, they're, I can see them, like I can feel them. Not a lot of people get to experience this. I felt it, I experienced it. I got rudely woken up and heard these noises. Like I can't even explain them to this day. Like there's no thing I can use to explain it. Like that's, so for me telling you that story, I'm like, this is like my concrete proof as a person that like, this is my experience. I'm not trying to cap it for you guys. Like I'm not trying to like, make it crazy like it really genuinely freaked me out and like that's the type of thing that happens in my life and i'm like i love this like keep coming please bring more i i want to believe at the poster the x-files poster i want to believe man like, Hell yeah, dude. <laughs> cool all right so uh so you send those stories in i share them they are definitely a story that stands out in my mind where i was like those are awesome stories and then about a month ago you hit me back up and you're like bro i got more stories and I'm like, all right, like we got to have you on then. Like you got to come tell them. So you have some new stories. I've never heard them. DJ's never heard them. So, I mean, if you want to just jump into them, let's, let's do this thing for you guys. I'm going to give you a choice of this like type of story and you guys are going to pick which one you want to hear first. Okay. All right. So number one, we've got a plain freaky, like the other one, scary story. Number two, we got one that's kind of funny, kind of embarrassing to me, but also very freaky. And then number three, I got a story told to me by somebody else that's super freaky, but it's not my perspective. 
What do you guys yeah, want to gotcha. hear first? Uh, I say we roll and decide. Let's. Oh, please, man. Okay. <laughs> okay. So how many are so, it? Twenty. Yeah, we'll do one through five. Or how would, how would you want to do this? Do a D twelve divided by three. So one through four will be the spooky one. Okay. Oh. All right, yep. so we have a 12-sided die right here. So one through three will be the first story. Uh, three through seven will be the second. Dude, quick maths, bro. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, <laughs> the rest is that last thing. I'm honored to be being rolled for right now in the 3 a.m. podcast. Dang. Let's do this. All right, you you do it. You you get the first one. Ooh. What is it? We get a 12. Story number three. Okay, so so we'll start off with the the other perspective. Wow, that worked and out then, really well, actually, because that's the shorter one. Perfect. And then, should we roll for story two? Yeah, yeah do story two. two. Yeah, yeah, roll for story two, too. Story three, then story two, and then story one last. Thanks, so just opposite reversal. Okay. <laughs> well, Which, honestly, I'm kind of like way okay with, because you said the first one was like your scariest one. Yes, true. Cool. It is. Beautiful. Okay, so this show is sponsored by BetterHelp. We all carry around different stressors, big and small. When we keep them bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. I have benefited from therapy in a way that it's allowed me to feel a lot more light, lightness in my heart. My head, my emotions. If that's something that you are needing, if that's something that's missing, uh, give therapy a try. Give BetterHelp a try. Uh, we want to hook you up um, by getting it off your chest uh, and it be a little lighter on the wallet. Uh, go ahead and visit betterhelp.com slash 3am and you can get 10% off your first month. Again, that's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash 3 a.m. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This first story comes to me from an ex-girlfriend who wasn't a girlfriend at the time I heard the story. And it was her friend. So we were in college and we were at like a, um icebreaker type of like hangout with a bunch of people. And we were just like telling stories around a fire. But it was like a like community, like college sponsored thing but um i had my eye on this girl already she was like kind of hippie and like cool looking and so like she was like i have a story it's super scary and i was like i love you i love you. <laughs> so so I, when i tell the story just know that like i know every inch of the story because i didn't she wasn't my girlfriend at the time but i really liked her and hearing this story made me like her like more okay so it's, it was like her cousin and her friend finished high school and they wanted to go to spring break. They were like about to go to college and it was like their last year of high school, they were like seniors. Um, and they wanted to like go to spring break early type, type of thing, like 
before well, before they even graduated high school. So it was like they weren't going with like a big group of people and they were kind of just like traveling down the coast. We're from the East Coast. So they were traveling down the coast of Florida. Just the two of them, two girls, 18, maybe, maybe 17 still even. So they go down right, they go right down to Florida from, I think they were in New Jersey at the time. So they go down, they have a great time. They, they slip into all these like older kids parties. They're, they're like drinking every night. They're going to clubs and they're feeling like really confident. Like they're like really like they're chatting with people. And so they've been down there for like about a week and they're ready to go back home. And before they go back home, they want to go out to like this little like smaller club bar, like just like little like chill out last time, like go out, have a dance and then drive back up to the East Coast, I guess. So at this point, they were like party experts, I guess you could say. Like they, they were in spring break mode. So they were like talking to everybody, vibing, which like knowing the type of story it is, is like a bad thing yeah, being something's coming like out of your element in the East Coast, little Florida bar somewhere. So they go out to this bar. Right. And this girl who's telling the story is dancing with some guy. She she finds a guy on the dance floor. She starts dancing with him. She it wasn't like the situation. It wasn't a type of situation where this guy approached her and danced with her like they found each other and were like having a good time like together, like drinking together, dancing together. Like it wasn't like some guy approached her. It was like they mutual started dancing with each other. And pretty much within an hour or so of meeting each other, they were like kissing and like getting real close and intimate. So like it was a whole thing, which is like also kind of like me listening to the story. was like, I don't know about all this, but go ahead, girl, like spring break. So She's kissing this guy and she says he starts getting really rough. He's like pushing her towards the edge of the like, he's pushing her away from the dance floor. He's like kissing her like too aggressively. And then she starts feeling like his teeth on her lips. Like he's getting really like in there. And like, she's just kind of like, I don't know, picturing a girl like kind of smothered and like trying to move her face away. And he's like biting on her lip and she laughs it off. She like pushes him back. They start dancing again. And then she says within a second of like her disengaging from the like aggressive behavior, he kind of goes like, he kind of has the attitude of like, no, screw this. Like, I'm going to do it again. And like, as soon as she's like, no, haha, he pushes her back and tries to bite her lip again. And he bites hard. He bites her lip really hard to the point where A, she's bleeding. Her lip is bleeding. And B, she physically slaps this guy like like it hurt it hurt that bad like yeah like she said like at first it was like oh this guy's a little too aggressive and then it's like oh like he really is not gonna like give this up like he's not a normal guy so she's like nope pushes him slaps him is not that like drunk or anything like nothing like that but she goes and finds her friend she's like get me out of here please this guy's being really like creepy i don't know i guess her friend was like doing her own thing you know how it is when you go out with the with the boys sometimes but so they get to their car and they're leaving i don't know if it's an uber i don't know what the situation is but she looks back to like the line where people are coming into the club and he's outside he's looking at her she sees him 
And like, I'm so aggravated because I always want to like picture like what he looks like, but that wasn't even part of the story. Like I'm always like, who was this? What did this dude look like? Did he look like, I don't know. But so they see him like looking at her, like grilling her down while she's leaving. And it's like, what the hell? You just bit my lip. Like, why are you like, like what, what did you think was going to happen? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So that's it. They, their night's over. They go home. They literally drive back to the East Coast the next day. Everything's fine. She kind of starts to forget about it. It's, it's out of her mind. A couple days later, after getting home, <laughs> what, she, what do you think? What do you think? What do you think is going to happen? I don't know. I don't know. I'm just stressed right now. Something's know. coming. Give me a prediction. St- what do you think is going to happen? Stalked her, like followed them home or something. Or, yeah. She, I don't know what else. A couple days after getting home, she gets bumps on the inside of her lip where he bit her. She starts getting like a rash, like boils in the inside of her lower lip. I'm holding my lip right now, like like the people listening can hear me. But like, yeah. like right where you would like put a like chewing tobacco, like right in there, she starts getting like some nasty little boils. Oh, and she's like, "What the heck?" And she thinks of this guy. She, that's when she remembers. She's like, "Oh yeah, that guy bit me. Could it do with have something to do with that?" So she starts to panic and she goes right to her doctor. She's like, what the heck is going on? This guy, and she told the guy, him this story. She's like, I, I was kissing this guy a couple days ago and he bit me and like we might have exchanged blood and I have this, I have these, these bumps on the inside of my lip. I think it's like, you know, an STI or something like that. Like the normal thing, like if you, of course, if you ever hook up with somebody and feel bumps, but she's kind of like panicking. So... They're like, no worries. We'll bring you to the clinic. We'll, we'll, we'll take a blood test. We'll send it to the clinic, whatever. We'll, we'll give you your results in a couple days. Don't worry about it. She's a, feels a little better because she like went to the doctor and started to get it handled. But she's still freaked out because you never know what that could be. If somebody yeah, is for sure, if, if, if there's a blood transfer and you're getting like, you, you never know if it can be like, it's just really scary. Like even that, like even if the story ended right there, it's like a horror story to deal with. So she goes home and she tries to forget about it, but she really can't because these boils, you would call them, are getting worse in her mouth. They're getting, they're getting more big and they're getting filled with, you know, just nasty. They're just getting nasty. And she calls her doctor and he is like, I was about to call you. Um, I called the police. She's like, excuse me? He's like, I, I had to call the police. They will explain everything to you. We just got your results back. You need to go down to the station right now. She's like, what, the, what does this possibly, like, what could this possibly mean? She goes to the station. She's like, what is going on? Like, my doctor told me to come here. Like, what is happening? Like, what does this have to do with me at all? And the police officer pretty much says like, listen, the boils in your mouth, they took a biopsy, they did a sample, and it's something called like Xenu or something like that. That's what they called it. They're like, have you ever heard of that? She's like, no. Um, and she, they say it's pretty much a disease that is found when people eat raw human brains. Oh. Oh. And cannibalistic, I've looked it up, cannibalistic tribes in Africa have developed this disease from cannibalism and eating human brains. It's kind of like human mad cow disease. And she pretty much had samples of it in her lip. So the police are like, 
who did you get this from? Have you been eating human brains? Has someone around, yeah. like, what is going on? Because they, that's why the doctor didn't tell her anything. Because they're like, she could be a suspect. She could run, yeah. Yeah. So they pretty much bring her in. They're like, who have you been talking to? She tells them what's going on. She tells them this guy bit her and was getting really aggressive with her. And they're like, that's our man. What can you tell us about him? She tells them all they know. And they've never caught this guy. They don't know who this guy is. They didn't exchange numbers or anything like that. But pretty much the way it's going is like the what, what she's thinking in her head and what I think hearing the story is like, holy crap, that guy had teeth full of human brains and he was ready to eat you. Like oh. he, he was getting all aggressive with you, like trying to get you like that is like. That man did not brush his teeth well, and you were, oh. you, were you were meal number two or three or however many he got. But that I don't to this day, like I don't know this girl. I've never talked to this girl, but that's the story I was told. And I she's lucky. She's so lucky to still be here. And yeah, she barely got away. That's crazy, dude. Yeah, he he was like it makes me even more freaked out because like he was like hungry biting your lips like he wasn't biting it in like a playful way like he was he was ready to eat like yeah she didn't she didn't get away clean like he he left some like residual damage (laughs) dude she was looking like an actual snack you know what I mean (laughs) oh my (laughs) I have no comment here um that's so crazy uh spooky okay so what are your thoughts like there's scary stories that come from paranormal and then there's scary stories that come from just straight up the evil of man you know what i'm saying right do you have a preference like do how do you treat those what and what's more terrifying to you (sighs) oh that's a tough one for me for me the ones that involve evil people are more interesting but the paranormal ones are more terrifying Ooh, okay. Like, I'm interested to hear how a person could possibly do the things they've done. Like this guy. Like, I'm, 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 I'm curious who he is. It's interesting to me. Like, what happened? And then, but I'm not scared of it. Okay. It's freaky. It's evil. It's scary. But I'm not, I'm not scared of it the same way I am. Where like something happens that no one can explain. I like that. I like that answer. I mean, uh, not to generalize, but it makes sense that he comes from Florida. You know what I'm saying? Oh my. <laughs> i'm just kidding buy you buy you cannibal out here i heard i was like this is a freaking movie man like i wish they found this guy and found out because like imagine imagine what his crib must have looked like that's the first thing i think of like imagine if she had actually gone home with him imagine if she was like a little more tipsy or like she actually liked him and he didn't do that like imagine like i'm picturing like a place on a swamp with like bodies piled in the corner like i'm picturing the worst man when i heard that story i'm like Florida serial killer, like that sounds like that sounds like the worst of the worst. No offense to Florida, that's yeah. top top tier killer, dude. Yeah, our man really tried to go to the club and get some good dome, you know? <laughs> right? He went to the club. That's that's the that's the boldest part. He went to the club for it. That's where he goes fishing, bro. Get that good brain. <laughs> and she liked him too. That's the other part I think about is like, man, she would have she might have gone home with you if you didn't jump the gun, so to speak. <laughs> Yeah, no, for sure. That to me, I am really afraid of that scenario of like a person wearing a mask in the yeah. sense that they're nice, they're charming, and they get in past your defenses. And then you find out that they're not what they say they are or 
You know what I'm saying? That to me is scary because I mean, I always wonder like how many of those people have we personally met in our lives? Do you cross paths with, you know what I mean? Yeah. And also like you meet people every day that aren't as they seem like, not like every, like you haven't, it's not like I've met a serial killer, but you meet people and think they're one way and you hang out with them a little bit, you know, and you like, they show a side of themselves you never could have imagined. You're like, oh, okay. They bite your lip. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, so like, it's like, it's like so scary to me how like long it might take you to realize. And like, if it's too late by then. Dang. That's a good one. That's so crazy. That's so crazy. I've never heard of anything like that. I, we don't have too many cannibalism <laughs> stories. So uh, I just don't, I don't even know how she took the news. Like I just, I wish I was a fly on the wall in that police station. But she like, um, what did you just say? Yeah. This man, uh, excuse me. Can you repeat that? <laughs> Bro, that's wild. That's a good one. That was, that was a fun one to start on. I'm glad we heard that one. Yeah. It's crazy. That's crazy. And that Dude, the girl that told it, sh- shout out, shout out Alex. We, we dated for a while. She's a really cool gal. And I just wanted to know if she ever listened to this, that that podcast, is the reason I, f- that, that story, I'm sorry, is the reason I fell in love with you. So, hey. and unfortunately I hate to like be like, I'm not, I'm not blaming them. You know, they're young girls, they're having fun and I, I fully support that, but it's like, it sucks that they have to be extra careful in a way. Do you know yeah. what I mean? And that behavior exists. It's like, yeah, that's shitty. It, it sucks too. Cause they like, they like left high school to go on their first spring break and that's what happens. Yeah, and they run into that. Dang, that's intense. Then you have to go to college and like be around that party culture and have that memory in your head, you know? Like have that PTSD. So like, I don't know how you could even like dance with a guy at a club again, you know? Like it's just so yeah. messed up. Yeah, you, every time you kiss a you kiss a dude like randomly, that's all you're gonna think about. Now. When is he so. gonna, yeah, when is he gonna try to eat me? <laughs> <laughs> or does she have to like tell every new partner like, Hey, um, you know, I had not herpes, but, uh, brain eating <laughs> disease. <laughs> I th- you got, you should, you got to look it up. Cause I, I, I looked it up one time. It's like, um, Zenu or Zivu or something. And it's like found in people that eat human flesh and like hers cleared up because she didn't die. She didn't eat it, ingest it. She, it was just like the residual of the bacteria from the brain. Cause it's all based off a certain bacteria that comes from like brain that's been sit, sitting there. So she got the residual of it in his teeth, I presume into her lip. Oh, kind of like if you like got a rusty nail and got a little infected, like I can't imagine that dude's whole brain was probably like infected. If he's been Ugh. eating it, like, Oh, you got to look it up. You got to look it, look up, look up like brain eating disease from cannibalism and you'll find it. And there's like, (laughs) there's like crazy articles about like them coming across these tribes where like half of them have just like died from this and they just keep eating people (laughs) like back in the day kind of thing. Our uh, Google search history is probably really tainted from like our podcast. Suspect, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Our FBI agent who's assigned to us is like, what the hell are y'all into? (laughs) He's fetal position in the shower. He's like, I don't want to go to work today. (laughs) I think the reason you can't eat brain is because there's like prions in the brain. That's what they're called. And you like humans shouldn't eat primate prions. So something about that just like messes up our code. I don't know. Yeah. Well, I'm sure because of all the chemicals going through our brains, I'm sure we can't have too much. That's like taking drugs. It's like the same thing, you know? 
It's like yeah. extra serotonin. You're just eating it from another guy's head. Yeah, no bueno, dude. <laughs> <laughs> no bueno. <laughs> yeah. Duro, that's crazy. I say we jump into the second one if you're down. The second one is the, the second one is embarrassing for me. <laughs> Perfect. That's our favorite. <laughs> okay, so this is re- and it's very recent. That's the other reason I'm like, oh, it happened like two months ago. Hell yeah. So being out here with Corona going on, it had just started. And I was in my apartment doing nothing. Like, just, like, I was scared. I didn't know what was going on. Like, I wasn't doing anything. And I, d- I downloaded a dating app for the first time. I was bored. I was like, maybe I can chat with some girls, like, online while I'm sitting in my apartment. You know, just, like, feel like maybe make a connection out here. So I downloaded this dating app. It was, like... Hinge, I think. I think it was Hinge. It's like a new dating app where like it's like more like conversation starters. So like you put up stuff you're into and like questions like that. So I was like, whatever. I want to seem a little alternative. So I I put up like, you know, like the Instagram filters. So I put up as my um, my profile picture on this dating app, my head like on fire. Using like Instagram because <laughs> I wanted Stand to be out. like I was just like me posted up like looking cute just like on fire I wanted to seem like that alternative like cool like don't care guy so just looking real hot <laughs> like, yeah like yeah and it, it exactly it opened up icebreakers girls could be like you look hot like you know you're on fire like it was per- I thought I, I as a new as a new dating app subscriber I thought it was genius you're like I'm killing the game already dude <laughs> little did I know it would. Bite me in the butt in a very scary way. I put up the profile. It's been up for a day or two. I get a message from a girl says, do you like fire? And it was in a way that was like kind of scary. I was like, do I like fire? Because I I thought a girl saying like all kinds of puns like DJ over here. He would have been prime suspect for my hinge. He has the puns on deck. But I thought a girl would be like, you look hot today. Like, blah, blah. She's like, do you like fire? I'm like, um. <laughs> Dude, where's this going to go? <laughs> I'm like, yeah. I'm like, yeah, I do. And I tried to like deflect the question. And I was like, um, what do you like? And she's like, <laughs> she goes, listen, this is what she says back. Word for word. She says, I like drinking wine in graveyards. Damn, girl. Second message. Okay. She's acting like Edgar Allan Poe out here. No, just, kidding. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. That's the name of the episode. Write it down. <laughs> okay, so, so this girl goes, this girl goes, I like drinking wine in graveyards. And at this point, I'm thinking like, okay, one of two things. And she looked kind of nor- like it was just like t- her, her profile was just like two selfies. Like it wasn't like and it was just her name. I'm not going to say her name, but it, it wasn't like she had a goth vibe. It wasn't like, you know, she just had two selfies of her like hiking or something. So I was like, OK, maybe she's just like playing with me. Maybe she's just like ha- maybe she's just trying to be all spooky and like cool. And so I start playing along with it. She says, you know, I like drinking wine in graveyards. I'm like. What what's your favorite type of wine? <laughs> like I'm just like I'm like Or just, your favorite type of graveyard. <laughs> I, I'm just being the most like 
desperate for company, just like friendly guy, like ever. I'm like, COVID really hit you. Huh? She's like sending me like, she's just sending me like red flags, like big red flags. And I'm just like trying to like start a conversation. I'm like, what color of wine do you like? Like, yeah. <laughs> any other guy would be like, nope, I'm unblocked, like unmatched, whatever. Like, nope. So she asked me what kind of wine I like. And I, she says she likes, um, she said she liked this type of wine. And I like looked it up and it was like this wine that is like, has like mug shots on it of like serial killers. Like it's like this brand of wine. I swear to you, <laughs> it's called like, um, prisoners want like i don't know what it's called but people people listening to the podcast are going to be pissed right now because like there's this brand of wine and i found it in the store where it has like an old school like hh holmes like mugshot on it of like a serial killer. oh and that she i'm like i'm like this is your favorite one i'm like what and but i'm still you know nice lonely guy i'm like <laughs> I, i'm like we should buy some <laughs> Bro, you were willing, dog. <laughs> you were thirsty, not for wine. I was thirsty, and also she was like, she was working it, bro. Like she was freaking me out to the perfect level. Like talking about graveyards and serial killer wine. I was like, is this my soulmate? Like, what is going on? Like <laughs> that fear boner, dude. <laughs> so, <laughs> so this is where it gets really bad. <laughs> This is where it gets really bad. She's, I say, we should buy some of this wine. She's like, yeah. I'm like, what are you doing this weekend? Normal, you know, no, normalist message. Like, what, <laughs> like, like, what could, what could, I was like, what could possibly go wrong? She goes, this is her message back. I'm going to tell you this. And I'm going to give you a, a brief moment to, to analyze. She says back, I'm free on Sunday. On Saturday... My church is meeting at the lake pretty late at night. Okay. Odd. My church is meeting at the lake. What is, I was like, I was like, what now? Come on, what does that mean? I was, that, when she said that, I was like, this just went from like a girl trying to be emo to like, she's into something weird. What church? Meets. They're obviously just reading Bible at the, at night, dude. At the but at the lake? Why did she have to tell me? Why is it at a lake? Why is your church at a lake? I thought a church was at a church. Yeah, uh, uh, they're drinking. They're drinking from the waters of life. Probably. She says. So I'm getting and, and from my mom's background, I'm like, okay, I'm getting. I'm picking up a culty vibe right now. I'm picking up a culty vibe. No, yeah, for sure. Like a hundred percent serious. That's odd. Like meeting at night, meeting at a lake. And then contextually what she's told you already, I'd be like, uh, like, are there any animals that are going to be attending this meeting that will no longer be living? You know I mean? <laughs> is, is, is there a sacrifice? Yeah. <laughs> like what's going on here? <laughs> like Googling to see if it's a blood moon on Saturday. Like, what is this? Um, so you would think six message in hearing something like this, I would, I would stop. I did not, I did I did not stop. I said Sunday works great. <laughs> we're just going to ignore that we're Saturday just not, thing. Yeah, we're just not I didn't ask. I had the same reaction as you guys. I didn't ask. I was like, "Oh, well Sunday then." <laughs> so, Saturday comes around. Haven't haven't really thought about it. Nothing's going on. 
she's hits me up like to confirm or something. She's like, can you come pick me up tomorrow? I'm like, sure. And she's like, okay, can you pick me up at night? I have to run some errands. So she's like getting more normal. And I'm like starting to feel a little more comfortable. And I just want to hang out with somebody. So I'm like, okay. But then the horny part of my brain shuts down for a second. Because I'm like, wait a second. You're an idiot. Corona. So I hit her up. And I'm like, have you been like being safer? Like Corona? Like, like, are you, have you been like in gatherings or anything? Because it was still early on. It wasn't like lockdown or anything. Yeah, yeah. But I was so so I was like, wait a second, Sal, even if she's in a cult, she might still give you Corona. Like, please be (laughs) at least somewhat smart about this. And then she says, my father has medicine. If you get sick, he will take care of you. Like, don't worry about it. I can bring you some. I'm like, no, it's cool. I'm like, no, we're good. (laughs) Like, but I'm like, okay, father. I'm like, this is getting real culty. So she is like, okay, come pick me up at night. I live in Anaheim. That is two hours from LA. Oh, what? <laughs> in, that's over where like Disneyland is. And like, yep. and like everything around it is like not as nice. Like it's like out there, bro. I'm like, oh my God, Sal. Everything is telling you not to go, brother. Everything is telling you to stay far away. So you shut it down, right? I get in my car. I start driving that way. I'm I'm, I'm driving out of the city. I see the skyline. It's getting dark. I head out around the time it is now, around around 7, 8 at night, driving out of the city, going to pick up a girl. Might be into podcasting or horror. Might be killing people, sacrificing them with her father and making magic medicine. I don't know yet. I'm like, okay. dude, I'm looking at you right now and I feel like you never made it out alive. <laughs> so maybe I swear to you, I'm driving there. I'm like date night. I'm like all happy. I'm, I'm forgetting everything this girl has shown me. That's a red flag because it's like so vague to the point where I can like t- pass it aside in my head, so to speak. You're just justifying everything. I'm justifying it where like she's just being overly dark to the point where she doesn't have boundaries, but like she just like saw my head on fire and saw my vibe and was like, I'm just like, this is me. Like, I'm just like this kind of girl. And like, I'm just like, (laughs) I'm justifying it every step of the way. Driving there, I'm all nice. I'm dressed up. I got my cologne on. I'm going to, I'm going to pick her up. Mind you, it's a two hour drive. It's a little, it's a little less because it's the beginning of Corona and not as many people are on the roads, but it's still kind of long. I'm passing the city. I'm passing the city line and I, I get over to Long Beach and everything. And it's just getting more and more like not nice, not urban, spread out houses. She told me her address and I get off at the exit. Once I finally get there, the whole ride was kind of nonchalant. I didn't talk to her. I didn't text her. I pull off on her exit. I go over a train track. And I see in the distance, in desert, a trailer park like community. That's where I'm heading. I'm looking at the map. I'm looking at the address. I'm checking my messages. I'm double checking. No, this girl has me driving into a freaking trailer park town. It's just got dark. My lights are coming on my car. I'm like, okay, this Sal, buddy, last chance, bro. Last chance to U turn before she's physically in your car. What are you gonna do? What are you gonna do, brother? 
keep driving. Text her. I'm here. Oh. I'm here. I pull in. So, mind you, so it's like there's actual like roads between the trail. It's not like a tra I, I think I feel like you're picturing trailer parks in like a field. Like, no, it's like that show Trailer Park Boys where there's like roads through it and the trailer parks are on either side of the road. So I'm driving in. I'm, I'm looking at the sides of the houses, like trying to see the address. I'm looking at the map, navigating. I'm going slow. All of a sudden, headlights flash up behind me. I look back. I stop the car because I'm like, whatever, I'll just wait for her. I'll tell her I'm out here. I look back and there's a car that just turned on parked by a trailer like it's not on the road with me it just turned on behind me when i passed it guy pulls out and comes up right behind me and just sits behind me and i don't want to like stay there i don't want to give him a confrontation so like just like just without even thinking about it i just turn i pull over even more to the side of the road acting like I'm parking, acting like I'm not waiting for somebody. Like I'm acting like I'm meant to be there. I pull over and park while he's just literally glaring behind me, beams in my face. So I park and he drives past me and like drives down the road and I'm watching him, right? I'm watching to see if he's gonna turn around, I'm freaking out. And while I'm all tense, high strung, knock, knock, knock on my passenger door, oh. on my passenger window, knock, knock, knock. I jump, I'm like, oh my gosh. Cause I'm so fixated <laughs> on this car, seeing if like there's a jump about to go down, like someone's about to come at me. Jump, look over, it's this girl. And she's just in sweats and like a little hoodie, like over her head. Like she's just like, just like, like literally like, just like I look at her and like my stress kind of like goes down. Cause she's just like, it just looks like a girl trying to like get in the car. She's like, hi, like waving. Like she seems like gentle. Like I can just tell from her, aura that she's not like freaky and I open the door I'm like hey like sorry like uh I was blocking somebody in their driveway like just totally Sal 101 playing it off again like nothing just freaked you out man and so I get her in the car for the very last time in my brain I'm like Sal listen man she's in your car you're about to take her two hours over to your apartment to hang out. This is your last, last, last chance, brother. This is your final showdown. This is your, you can just tell her, never mind, not a good night, and let her out. And I, I thought of it in my head, like I considered it because, like, I was just not getting good vibes, dude. Like, the whole park, like the car coming out, like, I was just not getting good vibes, man. I felt like I was like sneaking her out of here. Like, I felt like it was like a community. Like, I, like, and they knew I was there now. Part of me was like, I'm taking one of their people right now. Like I'm, I'm taking her out of here. And I don't know what is gonna happen when I take her out of here. Like, I don't know what they're gonna think. Like, I don't know if she, who she's living with. I don't know anything. And so loving her, being a lover boy, I, I drive off with her. I drive off into the sunset with this girl. Out of the trailer park, I go. No turning back, brother. I take her, I go. Were you sweating bullets, dude? I was sweating bullets for a second. And then like her energy that she gave me, like kind of like eased me up. Like it felt like a normal like date. Like it felt like a normal, like just a girl, like getting into my car. But like I start driving and she starts talking. Like she just starts talking about how her father is this Russian guy that came to uh -oh. America. He married a Mexican woman and they started a, 
church, she calls it. They started a church in California. And she is still in the church and her father is still alive. But for some reason, she lives with one of her sisters and another sister. And she cares for their kids with them in another house trailer. Whatever they want. She called it a house, but it was a trailer. I was there. Um, <laughs> so it's like this whole, because I was just like asking her about her day. And like, I was just picking up in her story. Like, this is the situation. Like, it's okay. So Russian father comes to America, starts this. Because I'm like, my whole investigative, like criminal justice, like thing is going on in my head. I'm like, this is going down, man. Like, this is her situation. It's not normal. You're in it. You're with her. You just picked her up. You met her on a dating app. This is crazy. Um, I try to change the subject. I have like Drake playing or something. <laughs> and I'm like, do you like this song? And she's like, I don't know this song. Whoa, that's the most alarming thing of the whole night. It's like, you don't even know who Drake is? What's what's going on? That, that's culty. She doesn't know a Drake song. So I'm starting to, from that, I start to pick up this vibe about her. So I'm thinking... What are we gonna do when we get home? What do I do with every girl like that I wanna chill with? Like we'll, we'll have some drinks, we'll watch a scary movie, right? I think that in my head, I, I know you guys can relate <laughs> in some way. So I try to break the ice a little more and I'm like, do you wanna watch a scary movie tonight? Like I was just like asking, I was like, we can pick up that wine you like, do you wanna watch a scary movie? Just trying to make it as normal as I could. And she's like, sure. And I'm like, what kind of movies do you like? Like, like do you, are you into scary movies? And she's like, I've never owned a TV. I'm like, okay, cool. Strange, so strange. And yet you're on Hinge, keep going. And yet you're on Hinge. That was the part that freaked me out the most, man. What the heck? So what happened? Keep going, dude. I'm like, I'm, I'm so stressed. Dude, I need you're to know. stringing us on so hard, dude. Keep going. That's my best, that's my best quality, bro. <laughs> no, keep doing it. it, it it's, DJ said it earlier. Like, even though I'm looking at you right now, still hearing the story, I'm like, dude, he's dead. You're dying. Like, <laughs> spooky man's died. This girl killed him. You know what I mean? So we're driving and we're getting closer to the city. We can see it's, it, I love, I love that. I've done that drive. I had friends that live back in that area. And I love that drive because you can see the city of LA like way before you get there from that direction. And we're driving in, bro. And she just is like the most cult reaction to seeing a city you've ever seen. She's like, they're so big, like referring to the building. She's like, it's so bright. Like, oh my God. Like she's never seen a skyscraper before, bro. <laughs> and I'm just like, I'm literally in the, in the driver's seat, just like trying so hard. I'm like, Hollywood, like, yeah, welcome down. Like just trying so hard to be cool with it. And she's just like, she's like, is that, how many people live there? Like just asking the most, like, <laughs> like she's like, I, she's like, I can't imagine living in big buildings like that. Like I'd be scared. Like just like the most like cult thing. Like, I'm like, so, so I'm rationalizing my head. I'm like, holy shit, bro. You just busted this girl out of a cult for the first time in her life, bro. Yo home to Bel Air. <laughs> she must. <laughs> and then I start thinking like you did, because the first thing you thought of, Charlie, was the hinge. Like, how was she on a dating app? And she's looking at it. I'm like, so I'm thinking in my head, bro. Holy crap. This girl stole someone older than her in the family's phone or something. 
and she like created this app to try to find somebody outside of the family and like communicate with people. Cause like, I don't know about you, but if I was like in her situation and I got hold of a cell phone, maybe her friend or family member had a dating app on their phone or something. Maybe they had Twitter on their phone. Maybe they had Instagram. As a kid in a cult, if I stole somebody's phone like that, I would try to reach out to people on the outside world. Or another theory, which is what I'm like, the vibes I'm getting is, you know how we talked about anglerfish and they put out a light? Or, yeah, or that's the other. She's that, that light, I, bro. Or she's going to dating at me and drag me back to the cult as like the new sacrifice or something. Like <laughs> literally like they made her make a dating app to like string guys into the cult. Cause like, if you think about cults in the past, like that's how some of them make money. Like they let the women go out and do stuff like Charlie Manson. Like that's how he got into all the Hollywood parties and stuff in LA. Like he had all these beautiful girls with him. So that, exactly. that's the other thing, like you said, anglerfish, like, or like either one, I'm rescuing this girl from a cult and I'm thinking that because of my mother and I'm thinking that because of my family, like I'm trying to be positive, like I just got this girl out of a cult. Or she is gonna get me into this cult by the end of the night. I don't know. So we get back to Hollywood, hometown, feel a little more comfortable, but just to make this even more freaky for you guys, this is what I did. I drove past my apartment the first time on purpose. Because interesting thinking in my head, all these crime stories, I'm like, I'm going to make it a little more difficult. So I'm, as I'm getting close to my apartment and I'm in the block that I'm used to, I turn off my navigation on my phone so she can't see that. And I do a circle around the block and then I go down another block and I go to a liquor store to, and I say, oh, let's go get that wine. Just so she gets a little more thrown off to where I live. Because I'm yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll bring her back to the apartment after this. But I'm not going to just go from point A to point B. Because in my head, I'm like, oh my God. Like, you have to handle this right right now, bro. Like, this could be bad. Yeah. So, we get out of the car at this liquor store. And it's the same thing like in the city, bro. Like, she's staring at everything. And she doesn't have a mask with her. Like, everybody, I have a mask on. Like, everybody has a mask on. She doesn't have a mask. Like, she's just... She's walking into the store. She's looking at like the like like the the um, lottery numbers, like how they illuminate them in the window of the liquor store. She's like touching it. She's like oh, walking gosh. down the aisle, like, and I'm just like, okay, <laughs> like um, I I I'm walking straight ahead before she makes too much of a scene. I walk in. I see the wine she likes because I looked it up because uh, she said the name of it. I can't remember it right now. But I went in. I walked to the back of the liquor store. I grabbed the wine. I'm walking back. I see her like down, like, I don't know, like an ice cream aisle or something. Just like staring like, like it's like a fish tank, like looking at the ice creams or something. Oh. I'm like, okay, <laughs> let's go. Like, let's go. Um, and I pay the guy and she's just like submitting behind me, like just sitting there behind me. And so I get her back outside. I get her into my car. I drive to my apartment. We get inside and I'm like, shit. I don't know what to do right now. We're at my house. Like, I, this is like, what do I do? So I sit her down and you guys are going to hate me. Guess what movie I put on? Hereditary. Oh, just because I have a girl from a call. I'm like, screw it. I'm putting on Hereditary for this girl who's never seen a TV in her life. <laughs> to end her life, dude. <laughs> 
She's like, oh, uh, this this is my life. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm saying. I'm like, I'm going to put on something that she's going to be like, I love that movie. Was that a documentary? Yeah. <laughs> Just in like, my I own twist. Uncle Payman. Yeah. Father Payman. Oh, yeah, like, Payman. Yeah, yeah, that's my homie. Like, <laughs> because, because, by, because understand, by this point in the story, and this really happened, I just have to say that, but by this point in the story, I'm like, I'm gonna make this a story, bro. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this girl in and I'm gonna watch a cult movie with her and see what happens. Cause at this point, I saw the way she was looking at like the the, the liquor store, bro. I'm like, this is not gonna end well. I'm just gonna make this, I'm just gonna see what happens. So we're sitting there watching the movie, and like nothing really weird is happening. Like, I think she had her like head like rested on my shoulder. And like, we started like, we started drinking that wine like quick. I think I bought two bottles and we just like, kind of like popped them both open. Like it was at the point in the night where like, I don't really know what's going on, but we're just like, we're just drinking them like beverages. Like we're not keeping track. We're not cooling one off for later. Like, so we're sitting there watching this movie, cuddling a little bit, you could say. And I look over at her and she's looking She's not looking at the TV. She's looking up. And I'm like, um, okay. And I follow her gaze up and right above my TV, I have a sword mounted on the wall. She is staring at a sword I have mounted on my wall. Bro. Above the TV. So she's sitting right next to me, cuddled up next to me. I look at her cause like, I don't know. You're watching a movie with a girl. You look at her every now and then, right? I glance over at her. She's looking above the TV at a sword mounted on my wall. Hey, real quick, real quick. Is your door locked? Yes. Because I swear on everything. If I see some cult girl come behind you with the sword right now, I will die. I've thought that multiple times, dude. I'm kind of getting zoned in the story right now. And like, I'm kind of like in the same, like I'm, I'm feeling jumpy. Like I'm feeling defensive right now. Um, So, I swear Dude, to God. Alarms. Alarming, bro. That is so alarming. And then, ju- bro, just like a horror movie. So she's leaning back, looking at the sword, right? And I'm looking at her looking at the sword. And just like a horror movie, as I realize what she's looking at, her eyes bloop, look at Matt meet with mine. I'm looking at her. I'm just like, hey. She looks at me in the calmest voice. Says, have you ever been stabbed? No. <laughs> I said, no. Why? A couple seconds go by. She goes, do you want to be? What the fuck? I said, by you? <laughs> she said, yeah. I said, no, not really. She looks at me and goes, oh, okay. And then looks back at the TV like nothing just happened. Tell me what you think. Give me My heart is racing right now, dude. Giving you like, (laughs) like trying to put myself in like the spooky mindset. Just like she talking about like getting freaky, like. (laughs) 
that like right. trying, to, trying, trying to stab, stab or poke, poke something, something you know yeah. well because it's in uh it's in a situation that we've been in many times where you're watching a movie with a girl for the first time like everybody can relate to that situation with a significant other where you're like sitting down netflix and chilling but it's like in the same intimate setting like cuddled up with her she's asking me these questions while staring at a sword on my wall anyway so she just goes back to watching the tv like normal I don't know if it was on purpose. I don't know what happened. A couple minutes later, she goes, I have to go to the bathroom. Like, where's your bathroom? It's her first time, like, getting up. I'm like, it's right over there. She goes over, goes in the bathroom. I hear the door close. Immediately, bro, get up, take the sword off the wall, go over to the kitchen, take the butcher's block with knives in it, go over to, like, a little pocket knife I have, like, with my work stuff, like, my toolbox, take it all, put it under the sink in the kitchen, like, way back in the cabinet. I'm like, nope, Hell nope, yeah. nope, nope, big nope. She's in the bathroom. I'm hiding anything sharp right now. Like, no way. And then... So, so, so the vibe is definitely, you're, like, on edge now. No, so the, yeah, so the vibe is I'm really on edge, and get this, I'm drunk. Oh no. I can't drive her home. I realize this as I'm hiding the knives. I'm like, cause I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, we gotta hide the knives in case she like does something before I take her home. And then in my head, I'm like, wait, Sal, you're an idiot. You can't take her home. You're hammered and she lives two hours away. You've been drinking wine with her for like an hour. So she comes back out and I, no, she's drinking too, and she's pretty small. So I'm praying in my head. I'm like, please tell me she's like more drunk than I am, and she's gonna like fall asleep soon or something. Cause it's getting pretty late. She's talking weird. I'm like, Sal, you have to resolve this without getting her home. How are you gonna do that? I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, okay, you have to get her to fall asleep before you. Definitely before you. You cannot fall asleep before this girl right now she's talking about knives and stabbing you can't do this bro so i try to be smooth as butter bro i'm like you know be more comfortable if you like were like laying in my bed and we watched the rest of this movie oh and like for any other guy it's like man he's smooth he's trying to get her in his bed but in my brain at the time i'm like Go to sleep. Go to sleep. Please go to sleep so you don't kill me. I'm just trying to survive the night, dog. So, I'm laughing right now because this story gets so much worse. And you can, oh, how does it get worse? I can't. I can't sit down. I have to stand up. <laughs> just so, just, just uh, for the audience, DJ is now standing in his seat with his arms crossed. Like he's like he's ready to run. So I'm ready to, to trade knuckles with somebody. So, so I get her in my bed. I stay on the couch, bro. And like, I don't know if she's drunk or like messed up in the head, but she doesn't argue. Like she listens to me like obediently and gets in my bed. I put a blanket on her and like, you can see my apartment right now. It's a one room apartment, right? So my yep. couch, my couch is right here with the TV on the wall. And my bed is like two feet away. It's not like that crazy. It's not like I brought her to my bedroom to go to sleep. It's like she's still watching the TV in the bed, just right next to the couch. So I played it off. So I put her in the bed. I gave her a blanket and everything. And she's in the bed. And I just keep watching the movie, like trying, trying, trying to stay awake. I'm so like, 
I'm getting tipsy. It's getting late. This movie, the Hereditary is like very long and like slow burn kind of. So I'm like trying to focus on it and like my eyes are getting really heavy. Cause like, I don't know about if you guys ever drink wine, but like I don't drink wine that often. And she wanted wine and I got wine. And so like, I'm drifting, like I'm drifting off and I'm looking at her to make sure she's asleep. And like, I can't tell. I keep like, it's like a battle. And like, I fell asleep, bro. I fell asleep on the couch. I don't know if she, I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. I wake up. I'm going to start giving you a time frame now. So I wake up, it's two. The movie's over, Netflix is playing. I wake up and I realize what's happening. So I like, huh, like get off my couch. Like, oh my gosh, what happened? Did she fall asleep? Am I asleep? What's going on? Cause I kind of just like, you know, like faded out. I look over, the TV's off. She's asleep on the bed still. I'm like, okay, fantastic. I go over and get in the bed and like lay across from her and go to sleep myself. It's like 2 a.m. 3 a.m. I wake up. She's not in the bed. You ready for this? No. I, I, I fully open my eyes. She's standing over me, over the bed. Not only is she standing over the bed, she has no clothes on at all. She's naked, staring at me, looking down at me in the bed. I look at her <laughs> in the mo in, the, in, 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 in trying to be as least terrified as I could. I said, what's up? I'm like, what's up? <laughs> hey, <laughs> hi. Without Hello. moving, she's looking down at me. Without moving, she's looking down at me. She says, I had a bad dream. No. Ugh. At this point, it's, it's like 2 a.m. in the morning. I'm like, are you okay? And she's like, I don't know. She doesn't say anything, but my cat, I have a cat and she sleeps under my bed and she's really active at night. So at this point when I'm awake and this girl's standing there, the cat is like meowing under the bed, right? So this girl's naked standing over me saying this bad dream stuff. And she goes, oh, your cat's awake. Without even like moving, she slinks onto the ground, like just crumples up onto the ground into like a like hands and knees position and starts talking to the cat. Like, here, kitty, kitty, like, come here. I'm like, holy crap. This is not happening right now. I have a half naked girl. It's three in the morning, a full naked girl, I should say, halfway under my bed, talking to my cat. And I'm laying on the bed. I'm like, this is not, happening this girl is like like what is going on i fall back asleep i don't know how i don't know why i fall back asleep shortly after i think it was my brain's way of saying fast forward through this bro you don't need to see this this girl is not in the right frame of mind right now i wake up say around six i know it's around six because the sun is starting to come up but it's not up the sky is just illuminated it's like gray still, but the sky is illuminated. This girl is still on the floor talking to the cat. It's been three hours since I fell asleep last when I saw her go down there to talk to the cat. I doze back off. She's still 
on the floor talking to the cat. I get up. I start getting dressed. I make it clear. I'm getting her out of there right now. I make it very clear my motives. I get right up, take a swig of water, start putting clothes on. She goes, I should probably get home now. I'm like, yeah, I know. Like, no crap. St she's still on the floor. She's like getting up, like put her, she's like, I should go home now. I'm like, yeah, okay. She's like, I need to feed the children before they know I'm gone. No, she did not. She said, um, I need to go back home and feed the children before they find out I'm gone. I'm like, well, sweetie, we don't want that, do we? So get her in my car, 6 a.m. I put Drake back on. I'm like, my boy Drake, you were with me last night. You're going to get me through this drive again. Let's go. We're on the highway. We're driving. Silence this time around. There's no, oh, the city. There's no, like. I'm not falling for it this time. I'm like, last night was the scariest thing kind of ever. And I'm starting to realize it as I'm driving. I was drunk the night before, dozing off. Now I'm like, bro, this girl has been asking you if you want to get stabbed. She's been standing over your bed naked. This is like exactly what you signed up for. And this is not supposed to happen to people that's like that's pretty much what my brain i'm like bro this is not like this is not supposed to happen to people um i'm driving her home the bumper of my car falls off on the highway <laughs> i swear on my mother's life the bumper of my car decides to fall off it's scraping on the highway <laughs> and i'm so scared of this girl i keep driving Yo, so it's 6 a.m. I'm mad max, like sparks flying. And this girl is just sitting there like placidly, just like last night was fun. And like the car is like burning, bro. And I'm just like, I'm like, we got to go. We got to go. No time to pull over. We got to go. We got to go. And so. I'm driving for like an hour past people. I'm staying in like the far right lane because I'm like, this is crazy. Like, I don't know what's going on. Like, I don't know what to say to a cop if he pulls me over. Like, I don't know anything right now. And so on the highway, it's kind of okay because I'm driving fast enough to the point where the bumper is like bouncing on and off the ground from the like speed and it's just sparking. But once I get to that exit I told you about, her trailer park, it's fully scraping. And I'm pulling into this trailer park at 6 a.m. where I'm not supposed to be, like, down the road. Just scream. Your car is screaming for everyone to wake up. Screaming for everyone to wake up. I tell this girl, listen. I say, listen, I need to pull over right here. Like, my car is messed up. Like, can I let you out here? She's like, okay. I pull over the car. I get right out. I go to the front, I have like some tools. I'm like, I'm just gonna take the bumper off and leave it here. Like, I don't care. I'm just gonna disattach it and buy a new one because I am not staying here. I'm not staying here. I go up and I uh -uh. just, I'm not even saying goodbye to her. I just go up and start trying to take my bumper off my car because it's like half of it's falling off. And so I'm just like pulling the other half until the metal like snaps. I'm like, I'm just dislocating this bumper right now. I don't care. <laughs> she, walks up to the hood of my car and goes, aren't you going to give me a kiss goodbye? I'm like, sure. Smooch. Bye. 
she runs back to the trailer park, like a hundred feet away. She runs back in there. I watch her run back in. She's got a little hoodie on. She's running back in. I'm like, okay, don't care. Got to get this bumper off. It's almost off. I'm like pulling and pulling. From where she was just running, I hear dogs barking. Ruff, ruff, like multiple dogs. I'm pulling this bumper off. I look up and I see one of the trailer's doors is open. Three dogs are running towards me, bro. From the trailer park about 100 feet away. Like three dogs and not like attack dogs. Like there's like a bull, like bulldog. Like there's like a German shepherd and there's like some other dog, but they are coming at me. Like someone just let them out at me, bro. And I'm over here pulling a bumper off my car and these dogs are on no leash running from this trailer park. I just like saw this girl go into at me. I'm like, holy cow. I don't even get the bumper off. I get back in the car. I start driving. I drive, start driving. The, the dogs don't get me, but I like, I get in the car, start driving pull over at another exit, get my freaking bumper off and get out of there, man. And that is the story of this girl that I met and I don't know where she is to this day. I have her name, I have her phone number. <laughs> oh my gosh. But tell me what on earth you think of that. I'm applauding you, but I shouldn't be. <laughs> <laughs> you're you're completely self-aware of the situation. Like you brought this upon yourself, but at the same time, like I'm not gonna say I told you so <laughs> despite you, you know? I thought you were gonna make fun of me for not getting any. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, you almost didn't get your life, you know what I mean? Like <laughs> Holy. You just kissed her, bro? Come on. <laughs> yeah. You didn't smash? What are you, bro? <laughs> bro, that's like the best anti-hinge ad I've ever heard in my life. Bro, I I met up with a cult fucking member and, almost, and she was not ready to be on a date. She was not. <laughs> I'll, I'll be 100% honest. That That's probably the last 30 minutes of that story. Uh is the most stressed I've ever been on this podcast. I don't think I've been stressed for that amount of time. Like my ever heart in my life. My heart's <laughs> irregular right now. Yeah. I have an irregular heartbeat. How do you think oh. I felt, man? What if, what, if, what if I was like, so this is my girlfriend. That's the story of how we met. <laughs> hey, come in here. She's here right now with us. She's actually over. She's making dinner right now. Dude, at one point I was waiting for a sword to like go through your chest. <laughs> Bro, literally <laughs> during this, during this telling of the story, but I, I, I didn't want to keep harping on it, but there's like a dark doorway behind you or something. Yeah, that's my kitchen. It's like just like dark right now, dude. We can't see anything behind you. You were ready for her to like come out of the blackness. huh? I just kept up picturing like a girl walking forward with hair, like shrouding her face and then stabbing you like in a the back. sword glimmer in the back. And oh, just, bro, that was terrifying. Um, who is she, dude? I I don't. She was cute. She was half Russian, half Mexican. She was really cute. How long ago was this? This was right when the whole Corona thing started, like April. All right. The fact that you're still alive uh, is a good sign. <laughs> I made it this it far. Me, yeah. It makes me think she legit. She kind of wanted to see the world. And so she went out on her own volition. 
Right. Uh, other than that, or like, if I didn't know you, I would think that Colt is looking for like dudes to kill. Or just dudes to like breed. Oh. You know what I mean? Damn. Cause like, yeah, that makes sense. Or like dudes for money or income or like anything really. Or they muscle. Fl- fl- fresh blood in the Colt. So they were hoping to catch your seed bro Well, because i keep thinking back to like charles manson like how did he get guys to join his cult like he went to places in hollywood with a group of girls around him and guys ended up coming back with them you know what i mean yeah yeah dude together you guys could spawn something right something special dude just the the russian mafia and the mexican cartel with the (laughs) italian mob (laughs) and my cult background too like all of this like but um, you guys could be like the UN of cults, bro. <laughs> right. It's like a whole me- melting pot of cults. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Well, I'm glad you made it out alive. I'm glad you made it out. Uh, sword woundless. Good move. Hiding all the things under the smart, actually. And yeah. the address and trying to get her to fall asleep. I played it right. I knew what I was getting into, like, like the instant she got in my car. So I kind of like from there, like. I was I was on the defensive side, you know, like I was I was playing I was playing D. Yeah, yeah. Well, how you were like driving around the block and you took a couple detours in your neighborhood, like that was a point where I was thinking, okay, she's not the only one who's going to be playing games and pulling strings. Like I'm going to play a little bit too, you know. So. Yeah. Ugh. Damn, bro, that that was a truly insane story. Yeah, I'm so stressed. Yeah, <laughs> so it's super alarming that that's not your scariest story. <laughs> I'm almost like scared to continue. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this episode of 3AM. If you want to support us, visit our Patreon where patrons have access to exclusive content. If you're not able to support us monetarily, don't worry. This episode is on us. You can still rate and review us on whatever platform you listen to us on. It really does go a long way. You can also follow us on social media. Our handle everywhere, including Patreon, is the 3AM pod. Finally, do you have any scary stories? If so, submit them to our website, the3ampodcast.com. We love any audio or visual aids that can help bring your stories to life. So file uploads are welcome with your written submissions. We're anxious and excited to hear from you. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. True terrors of horror, bizarre happenings, unexplainable events. On our podcast, Disturbed, Terror Takes Center Stage. 
Each episode is a journey into the darkest corners of human existence, delving into bone-chilling tales of kidnappings, serial killers, maniacs, and the very essence of your worst nightmares coming to life on this weekly true horror show. Disturbed is not for the faint of heart. It's an exploration of real, unadulterated horror sourced from everyday people. Each episode is a descent into the macabre, where we narrate stories that will leave you on the edge of your seat and crawling in your skin. We navigate the disturbing narratives that lurk in the shadows, offering a raw and unfiltered listen into the most terrifying aspects of the human experience. Enter at your own risk and let the unsettling tales unfold in the haunting realm of Disturbed. And remember, listeners, stay safe out there.